Hey y'all, um, welcome back to another episode of Wholesome Black Girls. So, we have not one, but two guests today. We got Chiyoki Ooh. here, Philly mm-hmm. artist, and then we got her producer, Tommy. And then, Kayla, you want to introduce yourself? Hey y'all, I'm <laughs> Kayla. Y'all knew that already, though. <laughs> so, we just on here today. Well, first, we want to start with our Life Be Life is segment. So... All of us, basically, with this segment, you just give, like, a little like a little one-minute update for Nail on, like, where you're at in life. So, we're going to have you go first since you the guest. Okay, word. <laughs> right now, where I'm at in life, I'm just, like, rehearsing, getting everything together with my brand. I have a show, May 13th, at World Live Cafe. Uh, so, yeah, I've just been working crazy on that, getting the set list down. I'm bringing in background vocalists this time around, so I'm super okay. excited. Yeah, so really just, like, getting that set down packed. Right. That's where I'm at. I'm happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> what about you? Uh, me right now, uh, I've been kind of just working on our studio space that we just built. Um, so that's like the biggest thing for me right now. And uh, we have a single coming out next week. So that's kind of what we've been gearing up to roll out and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm about to get promoted at my job, so. Nice. Yeah. Hopefully, don't ever find any of this content. (laughs) (laughs) Please, Lord. I'd be really scared because this is a really good job. And I'm, like, real proud of myself for, like, actually, because I wasn't even going to go for it. My boss was the one who recommended me Mm -hmm. to, like, apply for it and everything like that. So, yeah, shout out. Shout out to her. Thank you, girl. (laughs) Um, Um, Me. So my birthday coming up. Um, Woo! Super okay. excited about that. It's tourist season. Today is April 20th. Purr. So that's that's the beginning of the tourist season right now. Um also I'm moving into my apartment next month too. So I'm excited about that. So Congrats. I don't know. That's kind of where we at right now. I guess as a brand, like we've been doing good. Like we've been doing real good. Real good. Like, so good that I had to cut a couple people off. <laughs> no real shit. Fuck you, like, bitch. It'd <laughs> it be like that. But we're going to get out of this segment right now, and we want to talk about your single. Um, Now, I want you to tell me, what is the single about? Because I have, because you know how people, they digest music differently. So I might feel like your single is about something different than what you initially like. So like, what is your single, like, actually about? That's so cool, because <laughs> I, I'm interested to hear, like... Really? Yeah. Okay, so when I was listening to it, I kind of got the feel that it was about, like, your fucking with somebody and you just don't know where it's gonna land or where it's gonna end up nice. and you kind of just wondering where it's gonna fall that's what i got from it oh my gosh i thought about it like more so like overarching it doesn't actually have to be like romantic kind of just like right what the fuck is going on yeah that too that too like so, that's because that's where i'm at right now right. <laughs> <laughs> that's so interesting so what is it about? Um, so <laughs> the song is actually about um, kind of just like, I want to say like this motif that represents uh, kind of like you were saying, like, where what is this? What is, where are we at in life? What's happening? Oh, like, okay. um, just, I want to say like a matter of like life and death. And during this time in my life, this is kind of when I was like experimenting with shrooms and different stuff. So I love like, shrooms. <laughs> Still gotta try it. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I feel like I've gotten what I needed from those journeys, so I don't really mm-hmm. do shrooms and stuff anymore. Right. But um, yeah, I don't do that anymore either. Just like 
kind of this like I wanted to do like this like retrospective thing. So mm-hmm. like looking in the past and like also looking inward, like introspective and just I don't know, like a, a wonder of like right. what is our purpose here? Uh-huh. What really matters? Like where do we go when we die? Like kind of just a combination of all of these different like feelings and curiosities mm-hmm. and yeah, just kind of putting them in like a repetitive like almost like chanting type right, of Right, right. Yeah. That's where, where I've been recently. Me and Kayla, we be talking about that all the time. We be like, where is life going to take us? Because yeah. this shit is Maybe ghetto. I should start doing shrooms again because... <laughs> I feel like I need to start doing shrooms so I can really do, truly do some introspection. I, mm, <laughs> I feel like you have to be in a good headspace for that because I've been in a yeah. bad headspace and did shrooms and why I felt like I was going to die. Oh That's scary. Yeah, like... And also I recommend microdosing instead of like doing it like full on because... So I feel like that's why like I like got what I needed from my experiences in a short amount of time because I like started tripping apes from the rip. Yeah, yeah, you guys just go all in. Yeah, I can't. I I I did it one time and I was like in my bed like (laughs) like melting. (laughs) I felt felt like I was like, well, if there's a heaven, I'm about to go to it, (laughs) and I hope I'm not gonna go to hell. Crying. So, like, how did you come up with like the sound for for a single? Like, what was that process like? For me, I, I guess it always starts kind of like with a melody. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like the uh, the kind of uh, it's like an uplifting p- chord progression. For sure. Um, and I think I kind of like contrast in music. So, mm-hmm. uh, the chord progression doesn't really lend itself to maybe like a dancier type of rhythm. But I figured I was like. Let's try something else with this one. And um, yeah, when I sent her the, the beat, you know, she, I guess she kind of just like, you know, let the words flow and it just came to it, you know? Yeah. It's really reminiscent of like, um, for me, it reminds me of like Pink Panthers. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I, it, I, I can get, I get it, it really, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh yeah, I could definitely hear like Pink Panthers on this. It sounds like something you would hear at Coachella too, like a yeah. Coachella kind of vibe. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, and you got like she got like the little sexy tone going on exactly. with her voice. So yeah, um, it's very anti-pop. Like the way, like it's so upbeat, but the yeah. lyrics are very like low-key existential. Hmm, I yeah. felt it. I was like, <laughs> I feel like an angsty teenager. Is that what she was going for though? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Not at all. No, more wow. like uh, very more mature. I'll say than like angsty teenager. Like I love really? hearing other people's like really? interpretation of music though, because it just shows. Because I see like, her sitting there, and she like how like <laughs> bendable and stuff it is, and I think that's really cool how it could fit into like so many different spaces. Yeah, but I could see that too, which you just said. Like I could hear all because it. it was it's... almost more so church inspired for me. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh wow. Take us through that's that. Crazy how yeah. everybody digests music differently. Yeah. Yeah, but Where, take us through that. Take us through that. Like you were saying, like the chord kind of being like that, like uplifting, like almost mm-hmm. like a religious type of like hymn to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's where the like the part like lift my spirit out of here. It's like I tried to do like these vocal inflections of like a I don't want to say a preacher, but almost like the lead vocalist of like a church choir. I just want to give you that lift my like, you know. But you so. know what? Now that you say it, I kind of hear it like I, yeah. I get that I get that um but I, I did want to talk about because I know we we do our research on people before they come on here so I know you started out as a songwriter yeah and you transitioned to a singer so what was that like like walk us through that process um 
It was really cool. I feel like Tommy is one of the people who kind of helped, like, nurture me singing. Mm. Because originally, when I started as a songwriter, um, I wanted to sing. And everybody was like, you suck. Please stop. <laughs> Just write the songs. <laughs> like, you're trying to sing these songs. I don't mean to laugh girl. at your misfortune. <laughs> no, I swear to God, my brother will tell you, like, I, he used to sit next to me like, Nadia, if you don't <laughs> sell these songs, oh like, God. so, um, yeah. It was funny. Um, Tommy, I feel like, was the first person I worked with that had, like, the production, the skill, and just, like, that energy. Like, it was like a synergy the first time we worked together. It was, like, super crazy. Um, So finally having the space to, I feel like, nurture, like I said, uh, our voice, for real, for real. Like, I started singing differently. Before, right. when I was writing music, I'm trying to sing, like, super high-pitched, like, Beyonce. Uh, like, the different female singers yeah. I was listening to. And I felt I feel like working with Tommy gave me, like, a space to kind of, like, explore the range yeah. of my tonality. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. Or you more know? so just foster her own sound. Because I feel yeah. like, especially when you are a student of music, you tend to try to mock people that you mm-hmm. hear or that you are inspired by. I mean, like... So that leads into my question. Where was your inspiration when you were younger? Like, who were your go-tos? Um, and how do they influence how you make music now? Um, I feel like a lot of my inspirations are very old, very much like 60s, 70s, uh, Gil Scott Heron, Sly and the Family Stone, mm-hmm. um, just off top of my head um but honestly I didn't want to be a singer as a child I didn't want to be a songwriter I didn't want to be anything of that nature what did you want to be whatever paid the most honestly I was one of those type of kids I felt that that. (laughs) you know so I was going to school to be a criminal defense attorney honestly and like yeah life took like a a big turn of events for me um my best friend ended up passing Mm -hmm. and he was the one who did like Music, graphic mm-hmm. design, production, like he so the did creative. it all. Yeah, so I kind of just started doing this to continue his legacy mm. and got a positive response up until I met Tommy and then it was just like up from right. there. Now, how did y'all meet, you and Tommy? How yeah. did y'all meet? Yeah. Uh, so I have a, we have a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. He goes by the name of June, Rob, however you know him. Um, and I used to have a studio in my uncle's basement down in West Philly. Mm-hmm. And um, we used to just kind of go down there and just like cook up. I took sessions. I recorded people, made beats. And uh, he brought Chioki through one time. And she was just like a f- fly on the wall for real. She didn't even say much for real. And I kind of mm-hmm. already kn- known her because we had mutual friends growing up. Like, uh, you know, I had a friend named Simone. Shout out to Simone. Awesome. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, di- we didn't say much the first time we met. And then um, she wound up coming through. Or actually what happened was... I wound up following her on Instagram mm-hmm. and she posted a snippet of a song and uh, it was uh, waiting. It was oh, waiting. Yeah. And I was like, yo, this is different. Like it was the tonality in her voice. I was like, man, this is, this is something here. So I invited her down and um, we did a record. The first record we did was Enchanted. I don't know if y'all heard that one, but um, yeah, after that, I was just like, yo, let's, let's lock in. Like, let's really like, you know, now, crack the sound. Is it important? Because I've always wanted to ask, like, a producer and, like, a singer. Is it important to have, like, chemistry? Yeah. Like, Absolutely. I feel like that. 
That's like across the board. It has to be. What are like the, so having chemistry, like what are like the, what's the outcome of that? I guess like what, because I I feel like I've heard some singers, like they've, they've said stuff like, oh, you know, you, I, no, I'm not necessarily like, well, not compatible, but I don't necessarily have chemistry with my producer, but we still make like fire music. But for y'all, y'all said that it's important. So like what, what's like the outcome of that? Like since y'all have that chemistry? Um, I can say for me, because I do also understand that point, like not having that like initial chemistry with somebody mm-hmm. and still being able to create great music. Yeah. But I also feel like for me and my music, you can hear the difference. Mm. So like I have other producers I have worked with and I've made great records with them, like right. really grand, awesome records. But when Tommy and I work together, it's like mm. you feel something different within these records yeah. that can't necessarily be replicated with someone uh that you don't have that synergy, that chemistry with. Mm-hmm. It's like a different type of, you know, when people like cook with love, you know, yeah. almost you can like definitely that. tell. <laughs> you know, yeah. you could really tell. Like, you put your foot in this one. Yeah, yeah for real. Yeah. I kind of feel that way, like with, even with me and Killa, because and in, in the beginning, it was like two. It other was girls. so. It fucking was so chaotic, rough. and I didn't have chemistry with them. And it was a whole falling out. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> but I found that me and Keller Graham... Shout out to them. Yeah. No. <laughs> Shout out to them because we're in a better place now. Fuck y'all bitches. <laughs> but <laughs> it definitely is important because when me and Keller work together, like we balance each other out. Like we're, Kella, to be honest... We have the like, same birth chart, low-key. Yeah, key. we literally have the same birth chart. It's key. just like it's mixed. Just reverse. Yeah. Word. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that's why we get along so well because... Yeah. Yeah. Like we just we just know each other. Yo, real shit. We, <laughs> we bond each other know. out. Like it's certain stuff that like I might be better in that kill I might be better in, and then it's certain stuff Killer might be better in. So I definitely get what you're saying about like the chemistry aspect of it. Cause when I didn't have that chemistry with them other girls, that shit was chaotic. We was not going anywhere with this brand or with this. Like, I don't even that? really want to talk about it because <laughs> I really can't stand them. <laughs> But we ain't gonna get it. I was about to say, look at where it brought you now, though. So that's, yeah. you know. Yeah, we in a great. much better space. So I definitely get what y'all are saying about like the whole chemistry thing. Um, also, Trial I know Trial that Trial you <laughs> performed at Essex. Oh, yeah, South by Southwest. Can you tell yeah. us about that? How was that? I've always wanted to go there. I watch it. It every was an interesting year. experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, now, I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't really know nothing about it. Like, I just know it's like a, it's like a festival, right? It's like mm-hmm. a huge That's all music I know, but I don't know and media festival, festival. Yeah, it's like a big media music festival. They have different, like, workshops for um, artists, um, different Next events year go. going on that you could perform with. That would actually be dope for y'all to go down there because they have like different podcasts and people down there. I was there literally just thinking about that. Different like uh, <laughs> panel discussions and things uh-huh. of that nature. So we had four shows lined up when we went mm-hmm. down there and that was really cool. Um, made a lot of dope connections. Um, I just would have like strategized a little bit better to get yeah. on like, I feel like lineups that were more beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like two out of the four, you know, were like great shows yeah, where yeah. I was supposed to be. And then the other two were great. Definitely got a great crowd response and made some great connections, but might have been more impactful if I was on the right show bill, yeah. you know, so, for yeah. something more of like my yeah. sound and things yeah. of that nature. Uh, just would have got like a better response. You know, they would have been more receptive to it instead of like shocked 
Like, oh shit, this is hard. Yeah, yeah, right. I am I fucking with it yeah. as opposed to like, well, this is what I'm here to see, this type of yeah. music. So I'm like uh-huh. already engaged. But that but that reaction is probably I I would love that reaction. Like, oh shit, this different. But because <laughs> yeah. it's like it's especially super cool. like aesthetically, they probably like, okay, this black girl, let's see what she got. And your no, sound is say, so yeah. much different than what people would probably perceive you as. And I'd be like, yeah, bitch. Your sound is very different from like compared to like all the. I'm not trying to shit on any other Philly artists, but I feel like you're a breath a of fresh air. Of, yeah, a oh. lot of the artists in Philly, like it's not <sighs> music of quality. Like I feel like yours is like that, and it's a couple other people I feel that way about. Um, but I really love that you have your own sound. I really that's what like I was it. gonna say. When it's I like first a saw different you perform, sound. When, when we was at the um the older studio, and we yeah. saw perform. I was like, oh, she dope. <laughs> For me, I it like was her. like my inner child was screaming. Yeah, because yeah. I went, I went to all PWIs. Unfortunately, yeah. okay, not unfortunately. I had a great education. Let, let me not stop sitting <laughs> here and act like I didn't. But so I grew up listening to. Bon Jovi, The Beatles, um, mm. Janis Joplin, all these people. That's so crazy. Like, I listen to none of them. Wow. <laughs> yeah. For real? Like, that's your, what I'm saying. Your I'm like, sound all is so reminiscent. Like, like <laughs> Pure Hell, um, Black Death, Death. Uh, oh, no, none of them people they're like man. the original <laughs> punk rock stars that a lot of these people were influenced, influenced by. by you know like Howlin' Wolf like think Cadillac Records like, yeah like I, I listened I listened to all of the white shit no offense the killers I fuck with the killers have you yeah like Rolling Stones Kiss oh, um, yeah no yeah none of Mick them Mick Jagger like that was that was where <laughs> I, I was at like, oh, okay. like that's, that's where I was though. at so when I heard you I was like, oh, yeah, this reminds me of me when I was little. Like, nice. this, like, because I was the only one in my family listening to freaking Nirvana and stuff. <laughs> okay, Nirvana. And the, like, the Spin Doctors, the Google yeah. Dolls, um, Van Morrison, all those people. Like, that's where I was at, like, for a lot of, uh, for a lot of my life. So when I heard Janis Joplin, um, someone else mentioned her to me the other day, like, yo, you should cover one of her songs or something. But it's this band I listen to, Amy and the Sniffers, and they Ooh. said they they remind her a lot of Janis Joplin. So you should check them out. I'm going to. Yeah. I don't know none of these people that yeah. kill the name. But like, <laughs> I don't but exactly, know any of these people. Exactly. So like, <laughs> even like Elton John, all those people, like. I don't know not one Elton John song. I'm going to be so. The joint with Thug. You know, <laughs> you know Elton Thug. John, but you may not I'm know that you know. Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Rock, um, song with Thug. And I'm going to be. Nope. Uh, it's okay. Cam, I'll be honest, Cam is a nigga. Yeah, I don't be listening to Cam no. is a nigga. Yeah, I, I really am. I'll be honest, y'all. Capital I like N. To call myself a music connoisseur, but I'm gonna be honest. I really don't be listening to a lot of like white artists. I really don't. Damn. But I should. Florence and the Machines is also a band that I really, really enjoy. Growing I, up, Coldplay. Um, How would you describe still, that? Like her, like the artist she just named. Cause that's not punk. Is that more like classic? More like Coldplay. No, or... you said Janis Joplin, uh-huh. Elton John. Um, like classic rock. Like yeah. classic rock, right? Where. And then I got into like alternative rock. I got into alternative rock as I got a little older. Like, okay. like I said, Nirvana, the Spin Doctors, the Google Dolls. Um, wow. Yeah. So hearing you, I was like, oh man, like. When I was younger, I would have loved to see someone like that looked like you, that sounds like you, too, because 
like that's <laughs> like that was that's all I wanted to see, and I didn't get to see that growing up. Um, because I would go home and I would hear Motown and I would hear all those <laughs> other people, yeah. but I'm like, girl, I'm a rock star. I'm trying to bang my head. Stop. Now, being like a black girl that's in that genre, do you sometimes feel like you're overlooked because you're a black girl? No. Honestly, I feel like, no, I don't feel overlooked in this genre. Mm. Um, I think people I wouldn't fuck with call it my genre rock. I would call it more cinematic. Mm. You know, I feel mm. like it's very genre bending and can mm-hmm. fit in a lot of different spaces. But I do have a lot of like punk and like rock influences. And like, I'm trying to think. Sliding the Family Stone. Not necessarily rock. So I like a lot of music. A lot of my influences are just heavy instrumentation more so right. than like rock or like a certain genre. Mm-hmm. It's more so just the production has so much intricacies and things like of that instrumentation. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, everything yeah. is like live and felt. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that's what I've realized the music I really uh gravitate towards and I'm influenced by even like a a band I listen to now, Infinity Stone. They're not necessarily that sounds like rock. The thing I They're would more like, like to be neo soul R and B. They're actually uh I think they were like Jay Z's something with Jay Z. I don't know. That's how I came across them. <laughs> King capitalist. But their <laughs> music is just so just grand. It's so felt. It right. feels like an orchestra. Like I just yeah. love stuff like that. Where it's you just like live like, sounds and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, where it's like the production can be a song in its own. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. I love that. I could see you doing like a tiny desk. Yeah. <laughs> like I would love that. You said you like like the live sounds and like the instrumentation and stuff like that. I could see you. And your stage presence is Yes. Thank you. <laughs> now what else do we want to talk about? Wow, we really ring, winging at this point. We usually yeah, we, have we stuff. Yeah, we really was winging it for real, for real. We had like we had like a whole outline, but I don't want to talk know. about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you want to segue into like our? Maybe we should do internet host the internet host segment. I think we I should. think we should because we can still incorporate her sound, her music into it. But I just want I just want opinions on these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she got a list of things. I have opinions. I need okay. <laughs> Let's do internet hell. Okay. And and you can you can uh chime in too. We want, y'all, <laughs> oh, we want y'all opinions on everything. Um let's see, let's see, let's see. Which one do you want to do? You wanna oh, no. I wanna do I wanna do this Marcus Houston shit. Yeah, yeah. You a Did nasty you, know you a nasty bitch. <laughs> you just disgusting. So That's basically how I feel. let's just let's let's um tell everybody what the whole situation, okay. in case people aren't familiar with it. So, Marcus Houston and his nasty self, he was an immature. He mm-hmm. was on uh, Sister Sister as Roger. He was in, wasn't he in Stump the Yard? Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his yeah. ugly ass. Well. Anyway, <laughs> he he married a 19-year-old at, what, 36, 37? Yeah. Um, mm. he's, he, he knew her when at she 17. was underage. 17. And he said that he didn't talk to her until she was of age, <laughs> which means and they just that could be clicked. any time. That could be any time. The only difference between 17 and 18 is a day. <laughs> <laughs> but it when really you really be, think though. about it, like I just, 1159 on her birthday, <laughs> I think it's so perverted. 
Like, because honestly, just me being, well, I'm about to be 24. Me about to be 24, like, I don't even think I could fuck with a, 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 an 18 year old. An 18 year old or a 19 year old. Like, you can't do nothing for me. You can't, like, what do you can't You can't even buy me a drink. Room? Exactly. Like, what do you really have? So I'm just very concerned, especially with him being way older than us. He's, what, 36 or 37? Yeah, like, you was already what, grown when what I was, was born. What were you finding in a 19-year-old? He was like, oh, you know, we were so compatible. Like, I saw myself in her. Bro, what? And you know what? As a Christian woman, <laughs> I hate Christian people mm. because y'all let this type of stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Um. I recently stopped going to church because I was trying I I was getting led to date somebody that was around his age. That's insane. And it was like <laughs> Why would you want me to do that? Why would y'all want me to do that? Then he said a friend of his had introduced him to the girl. So I'm very But they concerned. do stuff like that. Yeah. Like as someone who grew up in church and seen this type of stuff, they especially if the man is in the church and has a legacy that they need to fulfill, they will try to groom you into their like right, right hand. Mm -hmm. And it's like the sickest thing ever. Cause the first thing he said, we both love God. And I'm just like, you're crazy. You know what they really do? Jehovah's witness. (laughs) That's crazy. Y'all are scary. So, what are y'all thoughts on yeah. this? Yeah, like, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this, both of y'all? You wanna go first? <laughs> you, no, you, you can go first. Go I want to hear a male perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's how old? Thirty six. Yes. Thirty six and nineteen is is a crazy age gap. That's a crazy age gap. However, I will say, mm-hmm. um, my whole life, all the women I've known have mm-hmm. dated older men. Mm. I've been here too. You know what I'm saying? Include my own mother. So it's like, yeah. 36 and 19 is a crazy age gap. But then, like, I go back to like what you kind of said about like, okay, well, what can somebody do for me? And I think that once you get older, as a as a just a person in general, uh, it does become about okay, cool. What is this per- person adding to my life? Right. And you know, as a man gets older, we we become more established. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Our finances become yeah. more established, our mental, our spiritual being, all of that stuff. So I think that's just something that women are innately attracted to. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, I would ask, though, like, what would be, like, the age limit for somebody? Like, you feel like a five-year age gap is, like, the limit or, like, seven? Like, what's the, what what's the, the limit? Mm. Well, for me, because I'm about to be 24, I feel like my limit is, like, 30. Man, I mean, I was out here 14 dating somebody that was like 20. Like, I look at myself sometimes and I'm like, girl, I feel like you were such a baby. I feel like the age gap don't matter when you hit 25. Yeah, like that's how I feel. I feel like it don't matter once you hit 25. But I also don't want no geriatric ass (laughs) nigga. I feel like once you get 30, they be like, ugh, my back. (laughs) (laughs) You know? I feel like age very much um, matters. And I don't necessarily go by like, Mm -hmm. well, I do go by gaps. I feel like instead of five, I go more so by like, two two to four because i look at it more so as like developmental life stages mm-hmm. so to be in such different stages life, in your life yeah you get what i'm saying it's like that's where i feel like it leaves so much room for 
manipulation, grooming, mm-hmm. uh, miscommunication. It's just like certain things. Like, for example, my younger brother is 20, you know? He's four years younger than me. So, I lied. Okay, five years. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, wait, what? <laughs> Not him doing the math, like. Somebody ain't doing the math, right? It's like, sometimes it's certain things I have to have uh, patience with him with and, mm-hmm. like, a little be a little bit more merciful with him because it's, like, certain things you just have not... Experienced. You know, yeah. and you don't have the life experience to understand necessarily what I may be trying to articulate to you and granted some people at 20 do have that life experience yeah but even then it's like certain uh areas that have lacked in development where it's always just going to be some Mm -hmm. sort of disconnect um and i mean granted you do have some cases where you have grown-ass people who are very immature and have not developed certain fundamental Uh, skills it gotta be him (laughs) because what But so, no, yeah. I feel like that's just a prime example of someone wanting to take advantage of someone they know who does not have yeah. those. But religiously, that happens like, all the time. It does. Like it's they really will crazy. see you. I, mean, I feel like that's like embedded in Christianity. Yeah, it's predatory so habits. So yeah. it's like you know yeah. what are we? Because where the hell in the Bible did you <laughs> yeah. did they say that? I um, read it. They said we read the same book. Out, uh, pedophilia for homosexuality in the Bible. But even then, it's just like why? Wait, so they what? said they said pedophilia was wrong. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. you, that's keep why on... they swap that shit out. Like you doing a whole switcheroo because God said that you should not be trying to hunch on a little kid. Like why are y'all doing that? Yeah, and then it's also like why aren't you trying to date women your age? Like I feel like he it's said a why. Why? Hmm. He did? He said because they come with baggage and kids. That's what oh, he said. Oh, my God. Ooh. No, I just feel like the women his age see the lame in him. And that's why he don't want to I feel like women. men... What? Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> men be wanting cooperation in all facets, even when the shit be dumb sometimes. Yeah. All right. I'm going to keep it a thousand, right? I'm going to keep it a thousand. Oh, I'm 25 now. And like I've seen, I've seen this shit change from the, you know, from the time I turned twenty up to now, shit getting a little different. Uh-huh. Most women, not most, not most, not most, but okay. a lot of the women that I run into out and about, like, and usually, like, I don't really go out to like the clubs and stuff like that. But that's mm-hmm. probably, that's probably like where I'll run into the the majority of like women. Like you know what I'm saying? Like when I'm working and stuff in the studio, like it's not really a lot of women there. But right. A lot of women do have kids and like a lot of women, if you're single by the time you're 25, like they done been with niggas. <laughs> they done yeah. been with niggas. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So he's right about that. I'm not saying I'm not saying that that can that's necessarily a bad thing that mm-hmm. women having kids is is bad or like them being in other relationships is bad. However, if I'm if I'm going to if I'm trying to build a life that's going to be most pleasant to me, I would rather it be with a woman who is over or at least past the emotional damage she might have been put through you know what i'm saying but i would rather she not have been through much of it you know what i'm saying because it's, it's I, I i agree i feel yeah. like two things could be true, true. Yeah. i feel like yeah, that is very true and then Marcus Houston is still very... <laughs> he really is a sick <laughs> nigga. That's a sick nigga. It's his He's case. I'm just, really speaking, I'm just speaking on that one point. But That's no, I feel it. like you that is very true. I mean, um, yeah. A lot of us women are jaded. You know what I'm saying? Niggas too. We, you know, guys... Men are Asia. fucking jaded as fuck. They are. They are. And you know what's crazy? I feel like with women... 
our emotional uh, baggage or, you know, jadedness may stem from romantic relationships. I feel like with men, a lot of times it's unresolved, like familial shit. They be hating their moms. They be hating their moms. And they y'all hate y'all, y'all moms. Y'all let me talk about this all the time. I was never a man who hates <laughs> his mother. I said that. I said that. They hate their moms. Like at least, like we've, at least we've dealt with like maybe like some of the family stuff we dealt with, or we're trying to like overcome okay. that kind of stuff. We can. And we might be scarred. It. Yeah, we might be scarred from like relationships and stuff. But they be having deep rooted family issues. Oh my gosh! They if they could choke slam their mom, <laughs> they would. And I, I like Damn. what you said. Like I like made a vow to never date men that did not have strong relationships with their mother or yeah, father. Never do it again. And since I've made that decision, like I like yeah. had much success. Yes, I, um, I can see that. Or at least heal it. Like please heal. No, that. I don't want no hurt ass nigga. Keep because yourself. Or, or they be having they be having unresolved romantic shit too. But mm-hmm. the sick part about it is that y'all be mad at little Sally Mae for tearing up your macaroni card that, in second that grade. That don't be why they be mad. They be wanting something else. They be like, <laughs> they be like, fuck they you, be wanting bitch. Something else and then it's, I'm like, I'm not fucking <laughs> no, but it even be playing over into sex though too. When they be yeah. fucking women, like they just be taking all, all their anger. Yeah. We were talking about, they do be gay <laughs> though. They do. <laughs> They be slobbing on knives. No shade. Like, I done had a lot of, like, men, like... Never mind. (laughs) They be having unresolved trauma with that, too. Like, if you want to get on your knees, if you want to do the bending, just do it. (laughs) Just do it. When Janet was like, so you doing the bending? (laughs) I was cracking up. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. Because I know I would really react like that, too. Not because you gay, but, like, you could have told me... (laughs) I disagree. I feel like that is something that is like very uh, such a touchy subject in the black community, uh, especially for black men mm-hmm. who are bi. They can't yeah. just tell y'all. They <laughs> can't. Yeah. But for me, y'all are not going to react like you know. I do feel like a lot of black women are just like homophobic. Yeah, and they it's are. like embedded in us. Not yeah. even yeah. like you know. I feel like even people look at me weird when I be like, I'll date a bisexual man. Yeah. Like they be like, because I'll be saying it all the time. They be like, what? And I'm like, like, I'll eat a little ass. Come on, man. Bisexual (laughs) men. And I feel like when I have dated them um, is when I realized that I still had some homophobic tendencies Mm. in me that I felt like I almost cleared out the way because I was dating a bi man. You know, right, right. when it was still like deep rooted shit that I had to unlearn. Yeah. So I feel like it is very hard for black bi men to like express themselves with black women in particular. It is. Yeah, because we mean as shit. We are. We already feel like I'm not gonna say we already feel, but okay. Mm-hmm. Just from my uh consensus of Twitter topics and conversations and things. <laughs> I'm basing it off of that. But it's uh, already like a, a sense of like losing the black men. Like, you know? So yeah. it's like, oh no, now all the good ones are gay and shit like that. And it's like, just, just such just like... Just stick a finger up their ass, man. Like, like, just butt, play with like their butt and... But even it's like even us joking about it, you know, it's yeah, like it makes def, it so yeah. hard for it, like them do, to. We def do have like a lot of like homophobia in us. Yeah, black women. and me and Keller are not above that. Like me and Keller, we had an episode where we was talking about black women who are like very homophobic. But like I said, even us, like I'm still unlearning a lot of shit this day. Like Same. a lot of shit. Like I be having sometimes. I have a lot of friends in the LGBT community. And they be calling me out and shit. They be like Kim. 
Oh, that now, girl, that was a little too much. I'd be yeah. like, oh, all right, sorry, cool. girl. all right. And I correct myself, I of course correct myself, but I feel like that's the difference between me and Kella and like a lot of these other bitches that just be out here just being ignorant as fuck. Like, we course correct, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also going to school with a bunch of white people. Yeah. I went, I went to Germantown Friends, mm-hmm. so I had a lot of gay teachers, mm-hmm. bi teachers, trans teachers, trans students that I went to school with, gay, all that stuff. So my viewpoint on all of that is so much different than everybody else's, I think, especially in the black community, because I like when people are talking about pronouns and all that other stuff, I grew up like I was in kindergarten, literally like my pronouns are she and her and like little stuff like that. Like I always I was always around that. Do you feel like it almost was like a code switching of like back into like being a little bit more homophobic when you were around your black peers? Mm, That's Um, a good question. Nah, I always be like, y'all drawing. Yeah. But it was always like, oh, like, you're just taking things too seriously. But I'm like, even down to, especially with transphobia, I have trans family members. Mm -hmm. And like, they're older, like, actually, like, older, older. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, like, but the, my cousins that didn't go to school with people that were like them and, um, didn't have the same lived experiences. I remember, like, we went down, and, and, and she's from Georgia. Mm-hmm. So she already had a lot of stuff going on. Like, you know, like, she just had a really rough life. Yeah. But I remember going down there with my cousins, and, like, one of my cousins didn't even want to touch, touch her. Mm-hmm. Like, she was, like, so disgusted. Oh, wow. And it made me so sad. Like, I cried because I was like, what's wrong and she's mm-hmm. like no no like like look look and I'm mm. like damn but I remember feeling like that but also my thing was me like kind of muting myself and not saying yeah. anything because I didn't want people to be like so what does that mean for you right and I'm like <sighs> now I got a question for you I feel like black men like <sighs> I feel like black men and black women, period, are just, we got a lot of, like, homophobia to just, like, overcome or whatever. But do you feel like as a black man, like, are you working on course correcting that? Like, has that, I don't know, what are your thoughts on it? Like, Uh, For me, uh, I mean, the communities I've been raised in are pretty homophobic, I will say. Me, myself, though, like, same as uh, Kayla, like, I went to predominantly white schools when I was younger, so mm-hmm. I'm not, like, new to trans people, yeah, homosexual yeah, yeah. people or anything like that. And I have some really good clients who are, like, transgendered and, mm-hmm. and you know, part of the LGBT community. So, for me, um, I think I've kind of learned over time to be uh, not not accepting of it, but more so, like, uh, um, I guess, uh, what's the word, like... Like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just used to like the the different like walks of life. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like how they how they joke with each other. Cause you know, even when you go to like, we're all black here, so like even mm-hmm. when you go around white people, like they have different jokes. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have different like all that type of stuff. So uh-huh. I kind of have learned like you know what the differences are mm-hmm. in our in our social patterns and stuff like You've that. Learned to be more inclusive, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. it's a good word. All right. Sometimes it is hard to code switch out of certain it things is. though. It is. Especially when <laughs> majority of the time you are around the opposite of like what your home life or what your like interpersonal community is. Mm-hmm. 
I can say, like, to answer your question with the code switching thing, it was it was really difficult because I really didn't get the joke sometimes. I'd be like, why are y'all being so mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely can understand that. I went to friends to like up until fifth grade downtown. So I definitely, Jeez. then I went to Plymouth White Bar. So I do mm. understand what you mean by that. Um, but I also did have experience going to Henry and then I went to Cotton State in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so I kind of just having those two walks of life and going to school downtown, but living in the hood, you know, shit like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. How did you explain that to the white kids? Because I it had oh, a whole time. My grandparents t- on my dad's side mm. uh, actually look white. Oh. Um, Okay. Rich. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, when I would have birthday parties, I would go over to my rich grandparents' house and have a pool party in the backyard. I had that. I was so like, seemed very I'm believable. a nigga. This is what I got. Let's, <laughs> let's go on to another topic. Um, I want to talk about Pusha T wife that situation. <sighs> so basically, did you them. see it on Twitter? All right. So, oh, I did. I yeah, did. Somebody had asked her like, did she ever feel a way? Like, how does she feel just being like a rapper's wife or whatever? And she was basically saying, like, um, at first she was uncomfortable because she didn't have, like, the rapper baby mom look. Like, she didn't have, like, a whole bunch of makeup, like, a fat ass. Like, she didn't have, like, the the body. Um, but she said that she's now, like, comfortable with herself. So she feels like she's cooler. Now, a lot of people said, a lot of women said that that made her a pick-me. Now, I have thoughts about that. I don't feel, I do feel like her wording was off because she said something like, oh, caked up faces, body con dresses, and fake titties, or something like that. It was kind of demeaning. It was shady. So the wording, like, yeah, the wording I mean, was, it was shady. Off, so, so like, I fuck get, you hoes, if yeah, that's how she feel. Yeah, the wording <laughs> but was But also, they probably, they probably made her feel like she had to speak like that. Because one thing about these BBL bitches, you bitches suck. No, they don't. <laughs> and if a bitch want to be natural and throw shade, or if a BBL bitch want to throw shade at the natural hoes, then I love shade. I'm here for the shade. So. Right, right. <laughs> for me, it's just like, I know, like, you know how industry bitches be like, they the side eyes be crazy. And it's like, right. why are you upset with this girl? Because she ain't have to get uh, 360 lipo to get the bitch. Because I did. Nigga. Shade. Fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. that's how they be yeah. feeling. They be like, yeah. what the fuck did this? How the fuck did this stupid bitch that? Now, <laughs> don't work people was calling her a pick me and I, I get both sides because some people were saying well I don't think she was being a pick me I think she was yeah. just being raw with like how yeah. she felt because that's a very that's a very natural feeling like it is me and Kella was just talking about that like just beauty standards in the industry period and we be thinking like when, when, when we get big when our podcast blow up would y'all get BBLs? Like, what? Um, I don't need I don't one I respectfully I feel like I already have a nice shape so i probably get my titties done that's it so bad <laughs> i get my titties done um but me and Kella, we've always talked about, like, when we get big, like, are we going to want to assimilate our look? Because we do, I do see a lot in the music industry, or just the beauty industry, period, that when you do assimilate your look, you do get, like, a certain kind of success. Um, You do get a certain kind of crossover. So I don't feel like it was nothing wrong with what she said. That's just a very, like, raw feeling. Like I be I, feeling like I want to do it, but then I'm like, my mom's going to drag me. I don't want to get I can afford to get work done... I would, and I don't feel like that's rooted in, like, not a positive body image because I love my body and I love my face. Mm -hmm. But more so, like, you never know what you would do if you could afford, until you could, like, afford Afford to do it. That's facts, because I'd be saying it. And just, like, certain skincare, like, (laughs) regimens and routines, just certain, like, things that... I've seen, not necessarily in the music industry, but my mom is, like, super into cosmetology Mm -hmm. and that type of stuff. So just different procedures and things she's shown me and I don't know. Like, it's like one, like these, like, tear throw injections. Yeah. And, like, they could take out, like, the fat pad under your eyes right, so right. that it won't be, like, as many, like, dark circles. Juvederm. And bags that does and stuff wonders. Like that. 
And it's just certain shit that, like, even skincare people have said that, like, bro, ain't no uh, facial wash or regimen or no oil you put on your face. Go fix that shit. Like, yeah. some shit. You just, just gotta like, go under, like... You know? And not necessarily, like, a big procedure or anything of that mm-hmm. nature, but... I've also had, like, plastic surgery already, so that's kind of why I'm, like, not mm-hmm. against, like, BBLs and, like, right. different surgeries yeah, and I'm shit. Because it's just, like, you know... I'm not against it. But who plastic surgery had done? My eye. Uh, what? Yeah, I had um, broke my eye in, like, oh. 2016, and I literally had to get plastic surgery so my eye didn't, like, droop in the back of my eye Wow. That's why oh, I got the wow. face tat on the side of my face because oh, people would like okay. look at my eye because it was lazy. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I mean, everyone has gotten work done. I have braces. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like, I still got braces. you know, <laughs> like, <line>, but... <laughs> but still, like, I have braces. I like, there's a lot of things that we do in order to make sure that we are more appealing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people, like, there's so much, like, there's so many polarizing opinions. Like, you don't love yourself if you get a BBL. Or mm-hmm. you do love yourself because you didn't. And it's just kind of like some people don't get work done as a challenge to themselves to really accept themselves for who they are. And that's how I feel about it. Like, I, I since I was, like, little, I was like, I'm going to get my boobs done because that is just going to make me perfect. Yeah. And it would. You bitches wouldn't stand a motherfucking <laughs> shit. I swear. I swear, yo. You bitches wouldn't. Oof. I, I want to get my boobs done. But fuck it. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> I'm just now, not going to do it. Now, have you ever felt like, like, have you ever been in rooms with, like, girls that look different from you and, like, felt insecure about your look in particular? I'm, like, a little gay. So I'd be like, damn. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> can I touch your private parts? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, like, I'm heavy on, like, I really admire shit that I cannot do or that is not, like, already me. Yeah. I'm, like, big on, like, admiring. So, mm-hmm. like, Thick ass women, I love them. Cause it's like, girl, like I just I don't know. And like my mom is super thick. Like a bunch so of women my in my, my family are like super thick, voluptuous. Like yes. I live for it. So it's <laughs> that's just like, why I'm not scared either. Because my mom's body came after the twenties. And let me tell you that bitch. Uh, I think I got my dad jeans. So. <laughs> me too, me too. Cause like I'm super slim. I'm super slim and all the other women in my family are like super thick. Yeah. And voluptuous. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, Yeah, your yeah. sister your sister's body type is closer to mine. Yeah. I'm just like, Well, what the fuck happened to me? Like, what the hell? Yeah. But I just like admire that type of stuff. So like all the women who do like their own hair and mm-hmm. the makeup artists, the dancers, like yes. I love it. I admire it. You know? That's because yeah. you're not a hating ass bitch. Yeah. Some people, some of y'all are really haters. Some of y'all are really haters. I feel like people are haters because they don't um, acknowledge motion, emotions as things that like come and go. And when you don't acknowledge shit, that's when it kind of like festers and then you become like this like jealous or envious or haterish person because mm-hmm. those are all natural emotions. Yeah. At the end of the day. Sure. So as I would say I it. haven't been jealous or insecure more so about like image or bodies or things of that nature. But I will say uh in my early twenties, I would be jealous of my friends' relationship with their families. Really? You know, mm. like some of my peers had stronger relationships with their moms and that mm. would make me I, envious. I, like, yeah, ah, I, I wish I could go get fucking drinks with my mom. Like No, real ah. shit. I would be jealous. Really, I'll be jealous in the sense that like I would see certain girls, like they'd be able to have certain conversations with their mom about like sex and stuff like that and boys. And I could never do that with my mom. And I'll be super jealous about that. Like I could never have like an open conversation with my mom about sex at all. 
So I'll be jealous of that kind of stuff. So I definitely feel you. <laughs> yeah. And I feel I think, like once I acknowledged it, it's like for what it was. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm jealous of my friend's relationship with her mom. Yeah. I, and and that's okay. I can let is. that feel that and let it go. I actually and had then it like, doesn't become I had like a therapy like a, session with yeah. my um with my therapist and she was telling me like jealousy is a very normal feeling. What makes it like Bad. bad is when you let it turn you into a hater. Yeah. Like, jealousy is very normal. It's normal, like, if your friends have something that you have or that you want. Well, not that you have, something that you that you want. You're going to be jealous a little bit. But that doesn't make... You don't have to let it turn you into a hater. So, jealousy yeah. is a normal feeling. I wish more people would, like, understand that. <laughs> like, just acknowledge it. Yeah. And as long as you can acknowledge it, like, that's good, too. Did that, did that jealousy, like, allow you to create space for, like, trying to make a better relationship with your parents as... Like, as you got older, or were you just like, damn, this is what it is. Don't really fuck with them like that either. So, let me just... So, it's crazy. I have, like, a good relationship with both my mom and my dad. It's just uh, not as, like, uh, mushy-gushy with my mom as I would like it. Uh, So, what I learned was to stop being so fucking entitled. Mm -hmm. You know? And that... My mom is who she is, and if she's not that type of woman, and I'm not her fucking cup of tea, then I can't fucking force that relationship. Yeah. Like, like I said, not that we don't have a good relationship, but, like, for example, my mom has this one friend, and listening to my mom more as an individual and not as my mom Mm -hmm. also helped me, like, kind of deal with this more. But she has this Mm -hmm. one friend... um, her and her daughter are super close. They do everything together. And it pisses my mom off. Every time my mom, mom calls her, she's like, oh, oh, me and my daughter, we about to go do this. And you want me and my daughter to come meet you? And oh, me and my daughter, we about <laughs> right, to get drinks. Right. And we going to the movies. And that's the type of shit I wish I could do with my mom. But she's yeah. not that type of person. Yeah. So that's okay. It is. And instead of me having this, like, void in my heart, my mom doesn't love me. It's like, no, accept people for who they are. And mm-hmm. kind of, like, know your personnel. Yeah. yeah, like deal with relationships accordingly. So it's like the things that right. I can do with my mom that she enjoys doing with me. I do my that. mom is a meanie. <laughs> I was watching a, uh, a Bobby Hemmett uh, lecture the other day, and he said, "All your problems disappear when you stop judging others." So pretty yeah. much like what you were yeah. saying, like it's like okay, cool. Your relationship with your mom doesn't have to look like that, right? Because you and your it mom doesn't. are two completely different, different people. people. Mm-hmm. But y'all have something. Y'all yeah. still have something special. Yeah. Thanks. Like I said, my I mom's like mean, but we have, my therapist says that we're enmeshed, but both me and my mom told that lady to go to hell. <laughs> 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 and that's how we do it. Like I'm crying. We are like thick as thieves. She's so mean to me, but for some reason we just can never like not be right. like in each other's space. Hmm. Like let's, we spend all the time. Kevin, there. let's talk about this um, King Von documentary. <laughs> Oh, Did you geez. watch it? No. What Did you watch hell? it? I would. No. Sorry, I don't so... push it like that in my mind. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> in my King media Bond. consumption. I'm sorry, but like, I know he was really a psychopath. He was but... fine as fuck. He murdered his coochie. Stop him! That's all I'm saying. He was saying. not even that cute he, girl. Why you think so? Maybe I just like niggas with locks. Maybe that's just my thing. But... Basically, his face was ugly. You think so? Yep. He was really demonic, but I really fuck with the realness of it all. And then here go camp. You know he's a Leo. I know that. Chill. I know that. Yeah. We have a tendency um, to really do things that are very unhinged. Yeah. But you gotta fuck with it because it's real. But I, I want to give everybody like that's watching like a backstory on it. So basically, in this documentary. 
the guy is like breaking down all the people that King Von has like murdered, and he has over like I think it was over eleven. Right? He has over eleven bodies so that we know them, of. Yeah, that we know that of. we know of. So <laughs> he broke them all down, and like he had like tweets that King Von would um, would like post. He had like um, news articles, YouTube clips, all kinds of stuff. Like this nigga was insane. He would kill somebody, and, be like, and then the two funeral? minutes later, be like, "When's the funeral?" And it's not funny. Like the murders themselves are not funny, but what's funny is like. This nigga is psychotic. He like, is. He's a psychopath. And I'm just like, wow. Like, that's crazy to, like, kill somebody and then two minutes later just be like, LOL. Like, like he would be really funeral. laughing, like... He'd really oh. be laughing. And he was so, like, then he had this deranged. One he had this one tweet where he was like, yeah, I'm about to do a drive-by. I'm like, bro, like, what is wrong with this man? And the cops never did nothing for our longest time. What was the most deranged about him is that when he started getting famous, actually, like, he never really realized that, like, the shit he was saying was really thrown off. Yeah. Oh, we'll just pause it and edit this out. <laughs> It's fine. Gentlemen. It's okay. It's cool. Nothing editing can't do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But, um, yeah, that nigga was insane. Yeah. Like, and, like, he would be on the breakfast club about to sit there and say, like, yeah, I'll be the case. But anyway, I'd be like, but I did it. Yeah. Dirk would be like, whoa, but he never did it. Yeah, like, that, we know he, he was very crazy. Um, but do we all feel like just being in like the music that turns industry? You on. It didn't turn me on. It didn't turn me on. I just think King Von was fine. That's <laughs> it. It didn't turn me on though. But I just thought that man that was fine. That would turn you off. Huh? That would turn you off. How he was. Man. Yeah, it would. I just think, no, I just think he's a, an attractive man. Like nothing that he did turned me on, like at all. Like I didn't get horny at the fact that like he <laughs> You said he converted his pussy. But she trying she's trying to censor it now. She trying She like no it. I'm saying I didn't I wouldn't get off of him like just just knowing that like he killed people, that's not what gives me off, but like he could definitely we, we could def fuck. Like I would def fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know, man. Like after hearing all that, I would be his friend. <laughs> I wouldn't. Asian down, I don't know how she... I would be his friend, but we wouldn't be close. Like, right. keep that shit over there, but, you know. <laughs> I'm big on energy, so, like, I've actually, like... Yeah. I'm I think big he's on demonic. You gotta steer clear of certain types of people, especially yeah, people who are that willing to... Uh, opt out that type of information mm-hmm. about themselves is almost like a cry for help. I don't think he even it. like I said I was saying he, like you gotta really not care about your life like at yeah, all. But his but his really. dad was like pretty much like a kingpin. Like his dad yeah. was like one of the starters of like he was like was a lost thing? soul. Mm-hmm. Like his dad was in that. And when they killed his dad, I think that's when things like when you kill some when you take a life away from somebody or if you lose someone that's really close to you, because mm-hmm. even I was in a situation where, like, when my grandmother passed, I was like, ah, is there anything else to live for? Right, I feel that. So, like, if you don't get to heal that, especially if you're from the hood, especially if you're from somewhere like Chicago, especially if you're in, like, in gang life anyway, because your mm-hmm. own parents was there and yeah. doing all that other stuff, like in his neighborhood too. Vengeance, vengeance was something that was very important to him. It was like I'm gonna carry out my dad's legacy, and y'all gonna feel 
every single ounce of his right. presence through And it don't make it right, but it's it's just like you kind of get an understanding. The motivation uh, behind it, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Because if somebody murdered your mom. <laughs> My mom not getting smooth. Yeah. So I can't relate. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you know, like. <laughs> but if she was. And then, <laughs> be, he was a lost cause, a lost soul. Your yeah. pop already set you up for failure with his Yeah, life. like, Sorry. but why, first of all, like, you wouldn't want to get out <laughs> but the game. I wanted, I wanted to ask y'all, just y'all being in, like, no the, the music industry, do y'all feel like violent rap music plays a part in the crime that we see in our communities? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, because I have a different opinion, but I want to hear y'all thoughts. I want you. You can go first though, because you you've been a little quiet. <laughs> I mean, respectfully, we haven't really been talking to him either. True. So that's that's you know what. Go ahead. Uh, this is superstar, <laughs> but no. Um, King Von specifically is a is a is a funny situation. I think because he got out of jail and went straight to stardom, and I don't think oh, that was true. like a I don't think that was a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I'm a huge believer that that like uh, things are placed in front of us for a reason. Mm-hmm. Even even y'all saying that his father was was killed early on in his life, there was a reason for that. And the reason you know he turned out that way is because he didn't have a strong leader in his life to tell him. Because even if his dad was a kingpin, his dad probably wasn't just out here murdering people just uh, yeah senselessly. Senselessly, yeah. you know what yeah. I'm saying. And I think if he would have had a father in his life, he would have been less susceptible to the poison that. Is placed in our communities, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So by him getting out of jail and Lil Dirk pushing him to the and and it's so funny because even you look at Lil Dirk's uh, career trajectory, mm-hmm. he pushes a lot of things in his music that I feel is just like very questionable. You know what I mean? But also, it looked like he don't even do hat. I was yeah. about to say that. You know, a lot of these rappers are just rappers. They're entertainers. They're not. Yeah. They're not really. But King Von is a different story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The fact that he was really about it. You know, they scary. took him out. His rap. Yeah, <laughs> and no that's pet. the saddest part about it. Yeah. Like you know, and I think that him him dying in the way that he did it, it was like it was nothing. It was a tax write off to them because they look at it like, okay, cool. This is what you were here to do. You were here to push an agenda to mm-hmm. push this senseless murdering. Oh, kill somebody. LOL. Oh, we gonna spin on your block. Oh, that's funny. Da-da-da. So, so you think that the violent drill music makes somebody wants to like pick up a gun and kill other people? No. No, I don't think that's well, what... What does it make that's, you feel that's like? What I'm, that's what I'm asking. Well, I'm, that's all you yeah. Um, I don't necessarily feel like the music is what's causing the crime in our communities. I really don't. I well, no, like I said, what does it make you feel like? Yeah. Oh, what does it make me feel like when I hear it? When you listen um, to drill music. Honestly, for me, I don't really listen to it like that. I really don't listen to it like that. But when I have heard it, it, it just... I don't know. It don't really do nothing for me. It don't make me like... It don't push me to want It makes okay. me grossly so I would uncomfortable. Say, as someone who grew up listening it to that hype, shit... That's what I was saying. As someone who grew up listening to it, that was the type of shit that shit does program you to do yeah. violent shit, bro. Like, it's, no yeah. bullshit. We would listen to that shit prior to doing some violent shit. Stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of putting yourself in that... Move, you're not yeah. about to listen to no Sade when you about to go do a drill. <laughs> but you feel for me? real, so it's like, right, right. like <laughs> don't listen to it. How can you really speak and say yeah. that it doesn't affect the young men or um, young women being more vital? I more so feel like it has to do with like. But no, I said if you don't listen to it though. But no, I don't listen to it religiously. That's what I'm saying. I've I've heard the music though. I've heard the music in like passing. I've heard like my siblings listen to it and stuff like that. I'm saying I'm not like a diehard fan. Like I'm not right. A so I'm saying fan. like kind of like speaking to like the like statistic of it. You get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. how can you say it doesn't like that's a good point affect somebody if you that's, can't that's speak a good to point. yourself. I mean, but I'm saying like I've listened to it enough where like I know like. 
I'm not gonna say I know because you don't know anything. Honestly, we don't know anything. It's young boys waking up listening to NBA Young Boy at nine in the morning. Bro. Yeah, that's. I'm not saying. This is <laughs> yeah, and then be eating hot that, Cheetos that. And, and drinking a soda too. Yeah. Like they just be unhinged as shit. Yeah. Like if you woke up and listened to some other shit, I promise you, your mood will be changed. No, in a different I'm direction. not saying that it don't somewhat have like an impact or like it don't influence kid like kids or just like adults in a way. I'm not adults. saying that. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying that I think it's a larger issue. Yeah. I think the music is just... The I think it does cake. have an influence. I'm not saying that it doesn't necessarily. I, so I take back what I said. I'm not saying that it doesn't have an influence, but I think it's very small compared to if you look at things like systemically or if you look at like lack of policing in certain neighborhoods or just like intra-community crime. Like, I feel like it's a larger scale than what we're looking at. I, don't, I think music is very small like on that scale. I That's disagree. Just me, I feel like media is a big part Right mm-hmm. now, especially since everyone has access to like, it. Like, because yeah. I will honestly say, like, I'm speaking from my own life experience. It's certain drugs. I never mm-hmm. would have been, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like exposed to or? Not even exposed, but certain shit wouldn't have been glorified to me, yeah. bro. If oh, I was yeah, listening sure. to, if I was like, listening. Yeah. Like, for example, when I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch Love and Hip Hop or Best Go Vibes or none of that shit. I didn't me neither. About me neither. Until me I was neither. like 21. <laughs> me neither. You feel me? So it's like, the music I was listening to is how I got introduced into certain drugs and certain violent activities at mm-hmm. a very young age. Mm-hmm. And I watched the effect that it had on me at 14, 15, 16. And I see the effect that it has on the younger generations at 10, right. 11, 12. Yeah. You get what so, I'm saying? About so you here. So like my little it cousin listens to Little Dirt. Right. Like, and he shouldn't be. You're in fucking fifth grade. Yeah. And they know every <laughs> word. Yeah, they, like, yeah, they I don't even be understanding word. what half they of them do. people be so saying. I feel like it's a very big... Uh, it's, it's a bigger influence than what we may notice. So do you feel yeah. like that music should be like big? Because I will, not to uh, go away, but uh-huh. I wasn't listening to just drill. I was also listening to The Weeknd and, and ASAP oh, Rocky. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So like yep. drug music as well as drill, like the media plays a big, big role part. in our For influences sure. into sure. our lives. So I will not just say just drill music, just like... Just like Media every as aspect a whole, of yeah. our lives. Yeah, I, I see that. I like, see that. that so do you think been. that music should be like banned though? Like just like the Fuck violent no. music? No, no. It's all a form of expression at the end of the day. Okay. It's like, for example, Cardi B don't let her kids listen to her music. It's all about censoring, no, censorship shit. more so within a household, these, I feel like. I mean, but these parents mm-hmm. don't be parenting because they don't have time to. And that's literally what I was about to say. No, like, that's not no I, I feel like it starts more so in the household because... Mm-hmm. I went to school. I went to school with kids like, and I'm talking about college. I went to school with black kids who like were from b- way better neighborhoods than me. Came from families that might have been more closely knit, and they listened to that type of music. Yeah. Like, but they understood because they had strong households and strong <laughs> mm-hmm, families. They real. understood that it was entertainment. Right. It didn't make them want to yep. actually get up and kill, kill somebody. somebody. Yeah. But if you're a kid in North Philly, you ain't got no pop in the crib. You got five brothers and sisters. Your mom barely there because she working two jobs and you eating That's Cheetos right. and That's fucking right. hot sausages yeah. for dinner. Yeah, it might make you start to think, okay, this is how I should be living life because I don't have no other example exactly. of how to live it. Yeah. So like it starts in the home, honestly. It really and that, does. And I like, absentee that. parenting isn't just like someone that's physically not like there. It's not like a deadbeat dad or a deadbeat mom that's doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like we said in one of the other episodes, we could tell some of y'all didn't have no big mama. Like <laughs> my mom is a single mom, right. but she also has a college education. She has graduate degrees, and my grandmother was there to help. So 
I was doing my homework with my grandmother. I was home. I went to like the best schools and everything. So even like me listening to that type of stuff, it was like, oh yeah, this is like, this is just like shit mm-hmm. talk to be honest because Especially if it was like one of those like my mom wasn't around, my dad da da da. I was like, uh, well, this is their experience, but this is not my experience. So right. I could take it for the art that it is, but mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not gonna be out here like pew pew. Everybody I gonna feel die. Like my experiences with music and like, like I said, just the influence that media has had on my uh, earlier on life is one of my biggest influences in the music that I make today. One of the reasons why I try not to, like, I, I actually don't write necessarily cursing. I don't give a fuck if you hate me. It's probably the only curse word I've said. only curse word I've In any of the music oh, I've wow. created. Um, and I don't like to necessarily create, uh, I don't know. I like to put the energy I want in the world mm-hmm. in my music. Right. Yeah. More so. You get what I'm saying? So it can be an expression of something angry or sad or these different emotions, but it doesn't have to evoke this like uh feeling of okay, I wanna do this to disservice right. or harm myself now. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And I feel like that was the undertone of a lot. It's the undertone of a lot of music. Even if it's not a harm myself in such a physical way. Kind of like right. going back to like we were talking about Summer Walker. I harm myself in a in a in a desperate, you get what I'm saying? And putting mm-hmm. myself in such a a vulnerable or a hopeless situation that I want this person to want me. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like the undertone in a lot of music is so like uh, self detrimental. Yeah, and that's not what I like to preach yeah. at all. That's and what that's kind of going about. back to like yeah. the religious yeah. hymn of like lift my spirit, like right. just like shit that's going to make us feel something. Mm-hmm. I was actually talking about that with somebody about SZA and why especially black women, a lot of black women weren't fucking with SOS because there was a lot of self-deprecation happening in the music. And I was saying, like, culturally, we're viewed as strong and we can't, like, really voice the way that, like, we can't voice those things the way that she was getting it off. So, of course, we're like, we can't compute it that way. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, me growing up with the other people's <laughs> self-deprecation <laughs> and teenage angst was a thing. Like, you know, like, they were very, like, it was, like, it was, like, a huge theme of self-harm when I was growing up and all these things. Yeah. And I was, like, I couldn't get jiggy with it personally. Mm-hmm. But... I could see why other women could relate so much to SZA, especially in, like, the songs like Special, Notice Me, and, like, all those other things. Even, like, in con- her control days with Drew Barrymore and The Weeknd. I think that's a great that point. Because, like, it kind of speaks to, like, what I was saying. Like, the first album, Control, right, it doesn't have that undertone of, like, self-deprecation. Like, like it just has yeah. this feel of, like... uh hope almost of like trying and figuring out life and like a almost like optimistic undertone of like i'm gonna figure this shit out one day right because we are like that like we we were very much like black women in specific were were conditioned to be like i have to one way or another i'm gonna figure Figure this shit shit out out, yeah Mm -hmm. like i have to figure this shit out and i'm not saying that other women didn't have to do that but like it looked a little bit different for us, always. Mm-hmm. So we always had to, like, be innovative, like, stay on our toes. 
I even remember my like even my mom. I used to get in trouble for crying and stuff. Like yeah. two, she used to say two tears. That's it. I know. Let two yep. tears drop, and then you gotta you gotta get up and get get to it. Mm-hmm. Like I would be getting picked on at school and all that other stuff. My mom would be like, "Go to the bathroom, wipe your face. Don't let the motherfuckers see you sweat." And I feel like all of us as black women, for a lot of for a lot of us, we always have like. We gonna go to the bathroom, look in the mirror, and be like, "Get your shit together and keep going." So when SZA made SOS, and it was very, like you said, self depleting, self deprecating, a lot of black women were like, straight away from uh, that what shit. What the fuck is this? <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> right, like what the fuck is this? So, so question: Do y'all think that like? Who, whose idea do y'all think that was? Do you think that's actually like the space that she was in or do you think that was something her label was like, yo, let's kind of go with this storyline because... Mm. I think that she I was really, she, in she those was spaces. In I think I she think was. I think it was old. Yeah, I think I, a lot of I think it was like old. older stuff. Because like, Good Days is so fucking amazing. Great song. It makes me feel so great. great song. It does not yeah. have the same tone that that album has. You know? Yeah, it sounds different than the rest of the album. Yeah. So that's why I yeah. feel like that album was almost like, I don't know if it was before Control. I don't fucking know, but it's just like... But a mm. lot of her inspirations were like Princess Diana. Like she were, like she, pop culture for her was a lot different. And then remember Environmentalist SZA, remember when she wanted to <laughs> save the whales. Like, you know, communally we don't be on that. So I have a question going back to what we Ooh. was talking about. Do you feel like that was her look because she couldn't afford to be who she wanted to be? <laughs> yes. 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 That's yes. the point yes. me and Kella been trying to make since that last episode, bro. And they was like, trying. And they was eating us the fuck up. up. They was eating us up. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she had, you have to work with what you got. God, and if yeah. you know that, like, Saving the world aesthetically, do it. you not really fitting in. Because, like, as a community, we have a very strict Yo. way of looking. Like, you know, like, you can't really vary from the script. Yeah, and she just wasn't a part of you know. And it's like in a in a black community, it's like you gotta have certain features to be considered pretty, I or you gotta have it. a certain body shape to be considered pretty. It's so crazy, like the different layers in the black community, like colorism, hmm. featureism, She's been texturism. Yo, <laughs> chill, yo. I love her at every stage when she was skinny. When she was skinny, BBL. I liked her more when, when she was she... thicker. Really, all that with the red hair she, and all she, that. She, yeah. she always been fired up. Yeah, for always. me. Always. <laughs> we love you out here. Yeah, we I saw you. We really do. In every single facet said, of life. So yes. <laughs> and I think that the cute, the your BBL is cute. I personally, yeah. I, I feel like you look uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like you really can't. She looked like looks she cannot breathe. It looks a little heavy. Y'all are crazy. She looked like, she looked like she do this every time. <laughs> oh, shit. You know? <laughs> Like you be breathing it. real, real hard, babe. <laughs> but like, it's all up. It's it really is. Up. It looked like it was really it's hard for you love. to breathe. Yeah, no. The one surgery I can't get behind is the knee joints. The men are getting to get taller. Nah, do what you gotta do. I've seen it. It's it unsafe. unsafe. Yeah, I wouldn't. Do it, that. it just unsafe. looks unsafe that's to me. I'm, that's like, the only surgery I'm probably against because it does look unsafe and it don't look like in the long run. It's you gonna be good. Like yeah. I'm very scared. They're they gonna get. They're gonna get better. They're gonna. They're gonna make them more safe, and niggas yeah. gonna start getting them. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm gonna be get behind it then. And you won't <laughs> get behind it once it's a little more safer. Cause right that, now, it's not giving. I don't believe in animal testing and all that other stuff, but I feel like you should do trial and errors no, on things. That's insane. <laughs> to say next to me. So. Yo. <laughs> I don't, like, like, I don't, I don't, but like, you know, like, wow. 
<laughs> how you feel about niggas with hair transplants? I love it. I love it. Yeah, do I'm not mad at that. Because I would do it. I if I was a man, I don't even know why women be shaming men for that. If you don't got it, then go go out and go, get it. Go out and go get, out it. get it. I would be I'm more mad at die. Who? Wait, what'd you say? I would be more mad at die than like oh, oh with the die and oh all that, God, the die and all that. Story. You oh Beijing <laughs> ass niggas. Yeah, I couldn't do you this for too sick. long. That was once I started getting to Beijing, I had to shave it off. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shave it um, off. I had I had a guy like hatfish me one time. And I was so mad. You said hat fishing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Niggas don't be taking off their hats. And then wow. when they do. I was so mad. Oh my God. I hope he's not watching this. He probably is. That's he great is, for, for him. Sure. He needs to understand. For sure the last that impact. Okay, so basically it was this guy, right? And he What's was from. <laughs> you look, she tried. Look, yeah, but don't. <laughs> he's from Virginia he or something. Gonna, he probably ain't gonna watch it. He is. Okay, you so, wrong oh for my that. God, I'm gonna feel like shit. Should I? Tell, all right, whatever. Yeah. Fuck it. This is this is like creative expression. So anyway, <laughs> not you trying to coach yourself. <laughs> I was on South Street with my friend. I had met this guy. And he tried to talk to me. He had like a southern accent or whatever. I'm gonna find out he was just visiting Philly, and he was from Virginia. So we exchanged numbers or whatever. He went back to Virginia. And then we was texting for like maybe like a whole week. We was texting. He was like, "Yeah, I want to come up and take you on a date." I'm like, we we we're on Facetime at this point and everything. Like he and he has a hat on the whole time, and then he will always have on like a do rag. Yeah, he have on like a do rag, and then like he came up to take me on a date or whatever, and he still had on a hat. He had on a hat and a do rag. He was fine as shit. Like he was fine as shit, y'all. I'm gonna show y'all him after this. So what was wrong? Um, he so, took it off. <laughs> no, no, no. no. So I'm all excited. I'm like, he took me on like a really nice day. We went to the African American Museum and then we went to like Nifty Fifties or whatever. And then we did some other things. And then like, he went back home or whatever. Oops. He went back home or whatever. And then he had had like uploaded these pictures, like these modeling kind of pictures. And he didn't have on a hat. And there was all this fucking dye like in the front. Mm. And I was like, and that was my first time that I realized I had never seen him without a hat. I'm just like, this man just hatfished me and then I blocked him. <laughs> I blocked Damn. him for like two weeks and then for the die. That's crazy. You couldn't I tell. Him. Him. I couldn't tell because you could always you had told on, him. He always had on a hat. You are a pretty girl. You could I, honestly be like, "Yo, babe, I get. I don't like the dye in your hair. Why are you doing that?" I was that? too scared, and this was like two years ago. I didn't have the confidence to even yeah, say that. No, I'd, I'd be like, like scared. I was just like. What is? I would have been like, uh-uh, baby. That's true. I had blocked him, but he still followed me on Instagram. But I had blocked him, and I was just like, rap. Yeah, yes, but we gonna get out of here, y'all. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> we gonna get out of here. Um, thank y'all for coming. I really appreciate it. Y'all was really good energy. Thank you we for didn't get into nasty stuff, great. but we gonna have you come back on oh. here again. <laughs> yes, so make sure y'all follow Chioki. Did I say your name right? Right? Yeah, no, it's Chioki. <laughs> okay. You can follow me at Five the Cat on all platforms. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Yours. Uh, you can follow me at Robots Aren't Real. Robots Aren't Real. Okay. That's an interesting name. <laughs> you know what it is. K, the curator. C A I, the curator. And then my name is the T H E E, only Camry. K A M R I. So make sure y'all follow all of us and make sure y'all follow the Wholesome Black Girl page. I'm going to drop the link in the bio. And make sure that y'all, um, y'all also download our playlist. I'm going to add Chioki's music on the playlist too. So y'all like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> All right, bye, y'all. Bye. Ooh, bye. <laughs>